So we've established that when you were at a high altitude, do not drink. We woke up in Viazon that morning and not the worst hangover we've ever had, but we knew immediately what we'd done. And the great thing is that we'd only got through a glass of uh, a bottle of wine between four people. So, you know, I don't know, just under 200 milliliters each. Really not a lot, but because of the altitude, we all felt a bit terrible in the morning. After pretty standard breakfast and having had a look at a map of Bolivia, we decided that the easiest thing to do would be to take a, a bus or colectivo up to a place called Tupiza. Nancy had been reading that to do salt flats tours, the purpose of being where we were was to eventually head up to uh, Ioni to visit the, the salt flats of Ioni. But rather than head to Ioni itself, Nancy had read that you can actually book in a different type of tour from Tupiza, which involved going around sort of the arse end of the Andes, uh, going to all sorts of sort of tiny, crazy different places, including pink lakes, green lakes, lakes of a multitude of different colours, being right in the middle of the Andes uh, and taking a bit of a tour that way. And at the end of that tour, you end up in the salt flats and you stay at a salt hotel uh, and then you finish off by being dropped off in Ayuni. So completely different way of, of doing the salt flats. And also bear in mind that many people that will do the salt flats will possibly come in from Galama or Iquique in Chile rather than the north of Argentina as what we'd done. And, and many people might have even do it coming down from the north of Bolivia, Sucre in the east, or indeed you know, places like Peru, etc. etc. Now, Colectivos, we've had experiences of Colectivos before, but what we weren't aware of and what we were not expecting is that a Colectivo in Bolivia, anything and anyone can get on board. So it's not just people that Colectivos carry. Uh, we have seen everything, but we snuck onto this Colectivo to get to Tapiza, and I kid you not, on there was about 10, 15 people, including ourselves. Uh, there were some chickens on there. I've got a feeling from memory there was a couple of frogs, uh, a couple of dogs as well. You know, pretty much, it was like Noah's Ark heading up to Tapiza. We did have a laugh. We weren't expecting animals, etc., to be on board. You know, we did have a, a quick chuckle about it. But at the end of the day, you know, again, it was costing a pound to easily do 20, 40 kilometers of road. Well worth it, we thought. The other great thing about this journey that had us all bursting out laughing is that, you know, you get your motorway signs, you get your highway signs, and, you know, certainly in the UK, it's in miles in in other places, it's probably in kilometres, isn't it? Distance boards, you know, you've got X amount of kilometres and miles until, you know, this place. Well, going on the uh, route of 14, heading up to Tapiza, uh, we come across a, a sign, and we thought we were nearly in Tapiza, to be fair, but we come across this sign that said, Tapiza, zero kilometres. And we all burst out laughing because we'd never seen it before. And in our minds, if something says zero kilometers, you might as well say you are here. The ironic 
thing about all of that though is that we were still about a kilometer away from two pieces of itself you couldn't actually see uh, the town at the time of of the sign so you know we were laughing and reminiscing about that at the at the hotel uh, to to say the least but we got to the pisa a quiet little place in in bolivia of course that's where we are it's situated on the rio de pisa very high above sea level and we're starting to go higher and higher and higher now uh, you know, to Pisa. In fact, I tell a lie. Looking at my notes, to Pisa is not as high as Viazon was. It's slightly below three thousand meters. My apologies. I take that back. What it's famous for is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, legend has it that they met their end at the hands of the Bolivian army uh, in and around to Pisa. Um, there's a rumored site that you can get a tour to via a jeep or uh, via horseback it's not something that we decided to do but you know hey ho it is there anyway into pisa we booked in for a couple of nights at a hotel we decided that what we were going to do we were going to do the salt flats of ioni but we were going to take a tour from pisa now Aaron and i weren't too fussed about this uh, we were happy to do that but also nancy uh, where she was a lot more cautious than we were. She wanted to do thorough research into pretty much every single company that offered such tours. So we let her do that. We just said, you crack on and do that. Aaron and I walked up and down the river, uh, got some snacks in, uh, and also discovered that uh, the main dish in Bolivia was soup. Uh, peanut soup is quite popular. Aaron hates soup. So it was hilarious watching them eat every single bowl of soup. And it all started with a bowl of soup into pizza at lunch. Quite tasty it was too. We chilled around in the market in the afternoon. Uh, didn't do much walking, just, you know, relaxed. It's high up, you're acclimatizing. They do say when you are um, at high altitude, it does take a little time to get used to it a few days. So we were taking it easy, getting used to it. That evening, Nancy had given us a list of places that she wanted all of us to go and speak to the following day, which we did. And, and that was that. We ended up booking onto a, a tour. Uh, it was a four-day tour. It was $135 for the tour. $33.50 or $33.75 a day. That included accommodation, that included all drink, or food. Uh, we'd basically take a, uh, we'd have a full-time tour guide driver with us. Uh, we'd also have a full-time chef with us as well, who would go on the journey. Uh, at the time, it wasn't something that we had budgeted for, so we were a bit unsure about it. And then kind of went back to the whole case of well we like to be a bit contrarian not many people are going to do this and we're going to see many things that people will probably never see in their lives so we booked on and uh, we were set to go the following morning uh, i think the wake up time or pick up time was six o'clock in the morning so quite an early start to the day now the next four days are i say a bit of a blur 
they're a bit of a blur in terms of what exactly we saw when. But the purpose of this episode is to get us through from Tapiza all the way up to Ayuni. We saw some very, very interesting sights on the tour itself. We saw a some hot springs. We were very close to some geezers. No, not the lads from down south, but um, you know the things that fly out of the the ground. Interesting thing about geezers: number one, they stink. Number two, they're incredibly loud as well. We wasn't expecting. I certainly wasn't expecting them to be that loud when you're standing right next to them. We climbed into the the mountains, climbed very very high. We came across a, a green lake in the middle of nowhere. That was quite cool to see. We also ended up seeing a pink lake, uh, predominantly because of the amount of flamingos that are in the lake. They cover this lake. Fun fact for you, two fun facts about flamingos. Uh, number one, there's three types of them in the world, uh, James's, an Andean, and a Chilean. Secondly, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are the only creature that can bend their knees backwards. I don't think any other creature in the world can bend their knees backwards. Um, you know, fun stuff for you about flamingos. I think I've got that the right way, the white, the right way around. Excuse me in my bad language today. So fun facts about flamingos. After seeing the, you know, the pink lakes and everything like that, we ended up reaching at some point uh, 5,000 meters above sea level. Now, if you prefer working in feet, 5,000 meters is about 16 and a half thousand feet. Holy Moses, that is high. When we were up there, uh, I think Aaron and Nancy were okay with the with the height. Myself and um, Nancy's husband didn't do so well with it. The air is sparse. You got out, you feel very dizzy. You don't really want to walk very far. Uh, that took some getting used to. But to say you've been that high up, I do not know how things exist that high up, to be honest with you. I really, really do not see how things can exist that high up. But we did it. And on this trip, apart from listening to a few songs over and over again, and having, you know, Marcelo, a superb cook, thank you for all the time that she put into it. Our tour guide as well was superb. It was really around this time that we started thinking and started appreciating what we were doing, really, really appreciating what we were seeing, what we were doing. Because in the barren landscape of the Andes and where we were, where it was just a, a massive collage of just brown barrenness, there were people that were still forging a living. And these people, on, on the seams of it, had nothing. You know, certainly not how we would live our lives in, in the UK or, you know, many other countries. But what we noticed, especially around Bolivia, was that everyone seems 
incredibly happy. Everyone seems really happy. Their quality of life seems really good, even though their standard of living might not seem so good in comparison to what we were used to. And I think that was a key turning point for us on, on that trip in those moments, realizing that we're quite materialistic people without realizing, do we need all this stuff in our life? Is it a necessity? Realizing that there are people in the world that are in comparison gonna be worse off than we are, that might not have as much as what we have, but might have a better quality of life because they're with their friends, their family, they've got everything they need, they're happy. And, and that, it's just a, a, a big eye opener there. There wasn't anything particular or any one particular person we saw that brought us to that conclusion. It was just a combination of just people watching really in, in Bolivia that you know, made us open our eyes a bit more to the world. And, and that is in itself a beauty of travel, that you can open your eyes uh, to the world to see things that you might not necessarily have known existed uh, beforehand. Alpacas are pretty much synonymous uh, with this part of the world. Uh, llamas as well. Uh, the Kunas we saw too. Uh, they're mesmerizing creatures. Uh, they always, uh, I always joke, they chew like old people. Uh, they're, they're like looking at a washing machine when they open their mouths. Uh, but they're incredibly fluffy things, very curious things as well. And uh, we, were hang we were hanging out with quite a few of them. Uh, some of them get up close and personal to you, uh, which are, was in entertaining to say the least. Apart from that, in, in, in the hills we saw various rock formations, many different lakes, gardens. Uh, we even visited a hot spring near the end. And the hot spring near the end was the first time really that we've seen other people for a few days, um, other tourists and whatnot for a few days. So that was you know, an odd reality to, to get back into. But in the end, uh, this, this, this section, uh, this part of the trip was building up to the salt flats, the Salar de Uyuni, which we'll go into in the next episode. But the night before, we went to the salt flats. Uh, we stayed in a salt hotel. It was the first time in about three days we, there was a hot shower, uh, which makes you sort of realise and appreciate these little things when you get around to having them in life. And the Salt Hotel was, was pretty cool. Uh, it's imagine it's how I imagine whitewash buildings in, in Greece to be, uh, but it's made completely out of salt. It was, um, yeah, def definitely good to say that we'd stayed in there. Uh, that last day was all right, although it finished very early. Uh, I think we ended up at the Salt Hotel about two o'clock in the afternoon, and that was the day done, which I think in hindsight, it had been great to have done a bit more that day, but, you know, we got through everything that we needed to do. So that pretty much covers soup, flamingos and coloured lakes or coloured lagos, as you'll see in, in the headline there for the podcast episode. And next, we will head over to the salt flats of Ioni, the world famous salt flats of Ioni, and we'll head further into Bolivia. Hasta luego. Hasta luego.